Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. Probably one of the big things about working with either long-term clients or someone new, it's definitely just kind of getting past the barrier of entry of kind of just understanding what they're looking for and what the show is supposed to be about or what they're trying to do with the content. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is a special bonus episode. I'm very excited to be introducing you to our amazing editor, Corey. Say hello. What's up, guys? So Corey and I were having a discussion this week about how important it is to have trust with your editor. And I thought it was really interesting because it's something I have never seen anywhere and I was like, Corey, would you mind having a conversation with me on the podcast? Now, as you could hear from my voice, I am just getting over being sick. So excuse my bit of raspiness, but I thought it'd be cool if Corey and I have a conversation together about what it's like to edit with the podcast and just our relationship to one another in, re- um, in regards to trust. So to kick things off, Corey, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background in audio and editing, and um, then we'll get into it. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Corey Jennings. I have a background in audio engineering. I went to school for music technology out in Columbus, Ohio, and did a lot of studio recordings and live sound, working with musicians and doing stuff like that. And then kind of transitioned into podcast editing and production. Um, Within the last two years, I'm a musician myself, play drums and guitar, but really got into kind of the audio production probably five or six years ago and then got connected with Esprit. We've been working together for almost two and a half years working on the Woman in Tech and We Are LA Tech podcast. It's so crazy. And because this is uh, the world of tech, I know we weren't planning on talking about it, but I think it'd be really cool if you're comfortable sharing a bit about your own business because you have your own e-commerce business, which always inspires me. Are you comfortable sharing just a little bit? Yeah, for sure. A year ago, I got super interested in e-commerce. I have sort of a reselling kind of just entrepreneurship background with kind of flipping items or just being interested in online selling. But about a year ago, kind of took it more seriously and started up an Amazon store and now just kind of scaling an e-commerce store, not really touching products and stuff like that alongside of doing audio work with people running podcasts and other audio content for their businesses. 
And what makes you passionate about audio specifically? Like why continue, especially with your business growing, um, your e-commerce business growing, why still be an audio podcast editor? Yeah, growing up, I think I just liked being in the spotlight, doing the performing and stuff like that. And then going more into college, I think I liked doing more production and stuff than actually performing and putting out the content. So I liked the idea of being kind of behind the scenes and working on things on my own. And it's interesting how you can, you know, move things around and fine tune things. So you're really just kind of building a story with, you know, the recordings and really just trying to get people's stories to be, you know, the best that they can be and, you know, have it sound as, as good as it can. And I particularly think being an entrepreneur is living a creative life. And sometimes that doesn't mean only working on one type of project because it wouldn't be as interesting. And so diving, I could only imagine diving into the art form of audio while also diving into the art form of e-commerce. You get to utilize your brain and your creativity in different ways. Is that spot on for you? Yeah, I think it's probably like any entrepreneur has gotten to the probably haven't had one day where they're not trying to figure out something. So it's definitely different every day. Um, there's always something else to kind of look at, whether it's e-commerce or, you know, stuff with the show, trying to come up with new ideas or trying to figure out a new process, how to do something or change up music, change up systems, um, all of that. There's always some kind of creativity involved because uh, every day is pretty much different. And I think on our team meetings, a lot of the questions I ask are always asking, you know, what do you think about this and the direction of this with the company or the direction with this of the show? It's rarely about like the sound of the show, although I do ask those those questions, too. Why audio and not video, especially as video is just what people seem to talk about so much? You and I seem to be all in on audio. Why not do video instead? How is it different? Yeah. So I have done some video stuff in the past. I just don't gravitate to a video because honestly, I don't have the background in it. It takes me way too long to kind of, you know, do video editing than just kind of audio work. So I think that's the first thing is just to have the the background and kind of audio and production stuff like that and not necessarily video. I think video is interesting, but I like podcasts for the sole reason of like, okay, I'm going to listen to it in the car or listen to it at the gym or not having to actually connect with the screen and watch people visually. I feel like video podcasts are interesting if there's more than people just sitting there, if it's kind of like cut and there's other things on screen than just two people, you know, sitting there and it's just cutting back and forth. But audio, especially I like, yeah, not having to watch something. I'm just doing other things and being able to, you know, listen to content or listen to an audiobook without, you know, watching, uh, watching a screen. So I've always just kind of preferred audio content. What inspired this episode was our conversation about how important it is to have trust with your editor. And I know that as, you know, Adam, who's edited the the show for years, and as we were transitioning to you editing, the thing that scared me most was, ah, how am I going to tr- find someone that I trust as much as I trust Adam and what goes into that? So I think it's important we talk about trust, how to cultivate the trust and 
what exactly the trust is needed for, what comes to mind when I'm talking about, you know, trusting you. And so, for example, my number one priority for our guests is to protect our guests. And because we have guests from huge prominent companies around the world, from Apple to Google, et cetera, sometimes someone may slip up and say something that I could tell probably shouldn't be said publicly. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of trust that goes into me as the host and producer from the guest that I'm not going to hurt them. I'm definitely not looking to have someone lose their jobs or have their reputations tainted by being on the show. That's not why either show exists. Women in tech exists for listeners to walk away feeling if she can do it, so can I. And We Are Late Tech exists to plug you into the Los Angeles tech community right away. We don't exist for, you know, a gossip channel or scandalous content. And so a lot of the times I'll share with Corey, I think this and this and said, let's check, let's make sure we remove that. Or I'll just sound like an idiot. And I just trust Corey to help me not sound like an idiot. So Corey, what goes into your editing process when it comes to trust and protecting both me as a host and our guests? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just now of kind of working on the show for two, two and a half years. It's just kind of understanding what the Woman in Tech and We Are Early Tech show kind of stands for. And a lot of that is just, again, kind of like protecting the guests even if it's something like the guests saying, oh yeah, we raised X amount of dollars for the company that they work for. Maybe the, the company doesn't want that specifically shared to the, the public. So it could be even something as basic as that or something that might degrade their personal integrity a little bit. And, and, and it may not, but we just want to uh, change that around or just pull that, just you know, make sure that we're protecting the guests. So that's the main thing. I think just under, understanding kind of, you know, what we're trying to do with the show and kind of upholding that. I don't see a lot of people talk about their editors behind the scenes or anything like that, but Esprit and I have actually never met in person. <laughs> we're on a separate coast. So it's kind of crazy that uh, we've been working for so long, but never have actually like <laughs> been physically in person. So oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's true. Oh my gosh. It feels like we've met. (laughs) So what's been your progress in getting to know me, getting to know the show? What was it like in the beginning? And like, what have you discovered as you've you've flowed forward? And I am asking with intent for everybody listening, if they're working with a production team or they're thinking about creating their own content, utilizing the principles you share so they could apply it to build a trusting relationship with their team. Probably one of the big things about working with either long-term clients or someone new, it's definitely just kind of getting past the barrier of entry of kind of just understanding what they're looking for and what the show is supposed to be about or what they're trying to do with the content. So I think the first thing for a while is kind of like being new to the show, just kind of learning like, okay, this is this is kind of the guidelines and what we're shooting for as the the show. So if you're not kind of tuned in to like a past catalog of coming in and, and being a new editor for a show, then maybe there's things that you're not aware of, like, okay, we want to remove that or we want to add this or rearrange things or this is just the processes of everything. So I think learning and kind of asking a bunch of questions about what somebody is kind of looking for is is the biggest thing. And definitely just 
a lot of communication. <laughs> there's there's definitely times where there's been things that needed to be communicated more and it's huge to just have that open line of communication. So somebody that is doing the content and somebody that is editing the content is on the, the same page. How would you recommend people create that comfortable relationship with their team? So there's an opportunity. I know what came up with us this week, which is kind of what inspired this whole thing was I wanted to share something with Corey. Like I was afraid to like just speak my mind openly because I didn't know if he'd receive it well or not. And it's when it occurred to me how important, you know, having that trusting relationship is. And I didn't want to like jeopardize losing that, that trust, you know, beautifully. Like he was like, Oh no, it's fine that you told me that. What do you suggest for people to create that open relationship where they could communicate? Kind of just from day one that we, we started kind of chatting back and forth, then started working together was really just the company culture of just being kind of, you know, candid and, and being open and vulnerable and not having a super, you know, uptight meetings and, and work experience. So it's always been pretty laid back and the trust has been there kind of from the beginning. So I think it's important with working with new people, you want to try to kind of lay things out and explain this is what you want, but also just trying to be, uh, I don't know about a friendship, but not just throwing work at somebody and kind of just being like, all right, this needs to get done. I actually try to, you know, build a little bit of, you know, like friendliness. And I think that instills a lot of like trust from, from the beginning. One of the things that I've learned over the years of being an entrepreneur, at least in my own journey is blame the process, not the person. So a lot of times if something isn't going as I'd like it. I asked myself, one, did I communicate it well? Because it could be totally on me. Is there something confusing in the process? Like, are there Dropbox files not labeled correctly? Because I always bring myself back, at, whether it's Corey or Adam or anyone else on the team, and I say, like, okay, I know this person has good character. I know this person doesn't want to, like, hurt me or the company. I know they want to do a good job. What's up with the process? What's broken in the process that led to like a result that both of us don't want? And so I find that that's helped me a lot to prioritize working with people who have phenomenal character. And in the interview process, I felt that Corey displayed his character on day zero. And I was like, I want to work with that guy because I saw his character immediately. Are there different things you could share, Corey, that everyone listening can look out for and how to spot someone that has, you know, integrity driven character. I have somebody that I just brought on to my team for kind of the, the e-commerce stuff that I'm doing. And uh, a lot of kind of what I was just looking for was just not even someone that can necessarily do all of the work required, but someone that again, that's just kind of like genuine and that I knew I could have a good relationship with coming back to people just kind of being open, seeing what they can do, but more of just, are they willing to kind of take, you know, some feedback? Are they, you know, hostile or is it a collaborative, you know, back and forth thing? They'd be able to pick things up or, you know, it'd just be a, a good experience because they're open to, to feedback and, and all of that. 
When putting together your production team, what are some things you think people should look out for to put together the right team that truly has your back um, while creating content and also will feel comfortable making creative suggestions so that your content can really be effective? When you're in the process of building a team, it's better to have somebody that's maybe interested in the content, especially for someone that's like an editor. If you're an entrepreneur and you're also an editor and you're editing an entrepreneurial show, I think there's going to be more thoughtfulness and maybe someone that is interested in the content editing a show that's also content they're interested in, as opposed to maybe someone that's just kind of completely removed from the the topic. Um, so for me, it's been you know great being a part of the of the team and working on content from other people doing startups and other entrepreneurs and CEOs and all of that because that's something that you know I have a lot of interest in and that's a huge part of kind of finding someone is just making sure that they're you know fitting your company culture. I think another thing is kind of just having that open conversation at the beginning before you do potentially start a long-term project with someone is just kind of laying out the ground. Like, is this just basic editing or is it storytelling or are you open to collaborative decisions back and forth with kind of where the content is going? Or is this kind of a cut and dry position where you're just doing X, Y, and Z, or is it kind of a more creative open-ended position? I think that would be kind of a good place to, to start to kind of see know, is it a good fit for, you know, both people? Just to walk you all through an editing story. When I went through hiring a, a new editor, I interviewed, I mean, I don't know, it had to, I started interviewing, it had to be like 40 or 50 editors. And then I narrowed it down to, I think it was a lot. It was probably like somewhere between 10 to 20 Somewhere, I don't know, it was a while ago now, but everybody did the exact same test project. I actually made a YouTube video about this. Everybody did the exact same test project. I had Adam, who had been editing with me for years, edit how we wanted it to sound. So we knew what we were looking for. And then we gave everyone the raw files and we said, here, go about, do this. And then we see what everyone turned up with. It is insane how many people... <laughs> call themselves editors. They cannot edit <laughs> at all. If you didn't know what you were looking for, you may just, you know, hire those people maybe based on charisma or something like that. So what kind of tech stack, Corey, should you look for when hiring an editor? And what are some of the key like green lights that that person actually knows what they're talking about? I think there's a, a lot of different like softwares you can use to edit, but do they know kind of how to get around the software and are they comfortable with it? And I think it kind of comes back on how you want the show to sound. Some people want a lot of the filler words and all of that stuff removed and other people are just kind of like very, you know, kind of dry. We, we want it kind of, you know, sounding a little bit like looser and all of that. So just basic editing, you know, could they cut a, a story if it's more of a story production show or are they potentially over cutting words out or making kind of jump cuts where things don't sound necessarily smooth and you can kind of hear the edit? I think those are the, the main things to kind of pay attention to. And then getting more on like the audio side, do they have like an audio background as opposed to kind of just 
maybe just some editing. So can they level voices and stuff off and make it sound even throughout and add and duck music and, you know, potentially sound effects or any of that stuff. So. Yeah. And I think that's a great point about story production. I say that there's two types of editors. There's the um and like editor, and then there's an editor who knows how to produce a story. I think an um and like editor are just, I don't, I just don't find a lot of value in that. I think everything goes into story production. There may be some interviews like probably this one where there's just a few cuts of where we've made a couple bumps in the road. And then there's other ones where you move the entire conversation around to tell a more concise story because someone may start off talking about apples and then they talk about oranges and then they talk about apples again and then they talk about watermelons and then they go back to talk about apples. And so you want to group all the categories together and then maybe something's really important to a guest, like they're trying to become known for their new role rather than the role in their past life, you know, in their profession before. And so you may start the interview, even though that new role wasn't talked about for a while, you may start the interview with that new role to tell a better story. So um, there's so much that goes into story production that I think is vital. And I think that is a key indicator between someone who could actually edit versus someone just kind of messing around, taking out ums and likes for a side gig. Do you agree or disagree, Corey? Yeah, going going through and just kind of removing all the words, that's fine. I think there's programs even like, you know, Descript that you just kind of put it in and, you know, that's even worse because it might pull out half the um and it's it's not even crossfading or anything like that. So it's kind of just, you know, robot already kind of doing that. But I think the more storyline shows like, yeah, we're moving around content really just kind of like building the story after we have the recording, not just doing, you know, one pass and editing out uh, the ums and uhs and, and all of that and calling it a day. So when I first started the We Are LA Tech and Women in Tech podcast, I edited them myself. And over time, I was fortunate enough to be able to hire on editors. And I feel very lucky that Corey has been editing with me now for two and a half years. And before that, it was more amazing editors that I'm so grateful for. What I learned by editing myself, when I first used to edit, I would have maybe, let's say, a two-hour conversation. And it would take me like 40 plus hours to edit an episode. I'm not a trained editor. I still would not consider myself an audio engineer. I just know how to mess around with stuff. And I learned when I have a messy conversation, it increases the editing time. And I try to stay mindful of that as a host. So Corey doesn't have too much unnecessary editing in front of him. What are one of the episodes that have been hardest for you to edit? I am curious. <laughs> Oh geez, I don't even know. I think everyone's. Names. I was just. I think everyone just kind of. Uh, everyone's names tied to a show, honestly. So I don't want to um, say any names, but yeah, I think anything that's not really one take, but maybe missing some audio, and the guest needs to record audio kind of remotely after that episode was recorded in person. So needing to kind of cut and replace files, and kind of jumping around in different you know, parts of the episode to rearrange everything, it gets a little bit uh, messy, especially if there's kind of sections of the episode where the content is not really related to the show and kind of uh, more on the controversial side. So 
I would say that those are the most difficult is a lot more files and kind of the story, you know, not really having a, a clear direction leads itself to a lot more editing. And what do you notice in a really great guest? Because so many people listening want to be on as many podcasts as guests as possible. So what are some of the things that, that you listen for that make for a really great guest? Yeah, I think great guests is just having a back and forth conversation. Obviously, if there's a guest, then it's probably more geared towards them than than the host, but it might not be for that specific episode. But sometimes there's a, you know, there's a guest, they talk for an extensive period of time and there can't really be another question that's even asked because the guest has just kind of trailed on to five different topics. So I would say it's kind of a give and take and and the guest kind of answers the questions that are asked and maybe you know, throw some, some other things on along the way. So I'd love to ask you a couple traditional podcast questions. One, what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten to accelerate in your career? I think just the idea of believing yourself, that's like the most generic thing, but I think that kind of goes in tie with just like, if you want to do something, just get started on it. Like when I was younger, where I just didn't believe in myself that I could do X or Y, Z, you know, if I just started and kind of got to it, you know, every time I've started and just believe in myself, then, you know, I'm doing the thing. So I think the best piece of advice is just kind of believe in your, you know, abilities and, you know, give yourself that. What's a huge obstacle that you've overcome successfully and how did you overcome it? I think a big thing that I was just having a lot of issues with on my own was just kind of COVID graduating college and kind of being in a space of, music production and live events, and then kind of working towards being in that field and then having that all kind of disappear, just completely switching gears of, okay, I'm going to try to do this, you know, live in-person event related thing. And that's when I kind of just dove into podcasting and working with people online, not having to be in person and kind of having the background, but just kind of that, you know, switch of, thinking that I was going to be in person and then just kind of working, you know, remotely online and from there trying to connect with people and and get started. And and that's what I've been doing since then. So I'd say that was the biggest mental barrier and challenge was just kind of working towards that for, you know, several years and then needing to switch gears. What is your favorite tech tool? It could be a mobile app. It can be a website. I'm actually dying of curiosity what your favorite mobile app is. <laughs> I think favorite mobile app is just Spotify. I like how it's laid out all of that. Just consume whatever you want. I have the the premium you know, subscription, so no ads or any of that, that stuff. So I just like how it's laid out. It's, it's super user-friendly. You know, build playlists, all that stuff. Can share it with people. If you're friends with them, you can kind of see what they're listening to and maybe get inspiration and and stuff from the stuff that they're listening to, whether it's music or educational content. But a couple of buddies and myself are always sharing stuff back and forth on Spotify. So, And a book that you recommend we read? Yeah, the book that I think I got a lot of over the last couple of years is just The Magic of Thinking Big. It's a pretty you know easy read, but just a lot of stuff on limiting beliefs, get rid of one thought process, Going back to kind of my earlier thing, just getting started and getting to it, um, not limiting to your lowest capabilities, just trying to picture big, big things. And if you can start thinking that way, then things just kind of 
happen from just your actions and thinking that and believing it. How can people connect with you? Do you have capacity if anybody is looking for an audio editor? Yeah, if anyone's looking for an audio editor, you can uh, send me a, a message. My email is just Corey Jennings, engineer at gmail.com. So you can send me uh, an email. I'm also on LinkedIn. It's just Corey Jennings. I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram handle is just Jennings C underscore. So last name Jennings, letter C underscore. So yeah, you can connect with me via email, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And that's C-O-R-Y. Corey, thank you so much for working with me for so many years and being you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to both the We Are LA Tech and Women in Tech podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this little bonus combo with Corey and myself. Corey, I will continue to make you, gosh, on all the team meetings, as I do with everyone, I'm so deeply grateful that you work with me and deal with me. <laughs> and um, you're just the best. Any last thoughts before before we end? This is actually kind of awkward for me. So I'm like, huh, how do I end this now? <laughs> Yeah, I guess my, my final thoughts is um, somebody's, you know, creating content, specifically podcasts, it's probably not your, you know, main gig. So anyone that's kind of an entrepreneur and creating content, you're probably going to want to, you know, bring on an editor. So, you know, reference the things that we're kind of talking about in the, the episode to try to find someone that's just a good fit so you can focus on, you know, creating your content and not necessarily, you know, all the behind the scene things that, are just kind of tying you up when, you know, somebody else could be, you know, doing that for you. I actually think that's an amazing point to end on because I actually love editing audio. I feel that podcasting is like painting audio. I had to make a choice. Like I can't be the host, the producer, the founder, the janitor, the the business development person, the creative director, the all the things, and also be a podcast editor. I'm so lucky that I get to work with Corey on editing the podcast, but it is an incredibly great point, even though you may enjoy something. And maybe you're even good at that thing. You have to ask yourself, what's the direction you want to take yourself in your life? And for me, that is being the podcast host and being being a tech founder and honestly and being a writer and so you don't have an infinite amount of time so I had to choose um, so yeah that's a really really good point well thank you Corey The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.